You're listening to the Nerd Cave Network. This is Derek, Derek, Derek. Diamond, Diamond, Diamond. Experience! All right, welcome to the Derek Diamond Experience for the week of January 29th, 2015. We're already through the first month of the year. It's kind of crazy to say that. I am your host, Derek Diamond, and coming up on today's show, I will be talking with my first ever guest, the Unicorn Wranglers. This will be their third appearance on the show as a group. They'll be here uh, plugging their new album that just came out about a month ago, Murder Mystery Night a couple of shows they have coming up, and we're even going to talk some sports. All three of us are really big football fans, so we'll be talking about the Super Bowl, which is this weekend, uh, kind of reviewing our respective NFL teams. And it, it's it's fun to listen to, and it's always fun to talk sports as well. So uh, stay tuned for that. But first, I do have a couple of things that I would like to discuss. Um, I'm recording this open on Wednesday afternoon, and I just watched The Flash a couple of hours ago, the new episode, and it was much better than the mid-season premiere that happened a week ago. It actually dealt more with uh, Dr. Wells and the reverse Flash character that last week's episode was kind of missing. And Tom Cavanaugh, who's played, uh, who's playing Harrison Wells, has been doing really well this entire season, but I felt like this was the first episode that he was really the star of the show and I mean and he's not but it felt like he really took center stage and I I really really like that and I'm very curious to see what happens in the next few weeks with more being revealed about his motives and who this guy really is and it's just it's a fun show and I've compared this to the other DC shows that are out currently but Flash is the more light-hearted, fun show. And it, it really has stayed true to that this week, and also adding in a little bit more drama and seriousness as well. But I felt like this week's episode did a really good job with advancing the story that last week's episode was kind of lacking. So I really enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to next week. And I know uh, Arrow, which comes on tonight, has uh, a lot to live up to. But I, I'm pretty confident that Arrow will be really good too. And then yesterday, the new trailer for the Fantastic Four reboot came out, and it was interesting, to say the least, and I didn't really have that high of expectations for it, honestly, because it comes out in August, and there hasn't been anything released about it yet. No set pictures, no costumes, no trailer or anything. And that's kind of a red flag, really, in my opinion. It just kind of shows to me that they don't really like what they have, so they're kind of doctoring it up and trying to make it look as good as possible. But they finally released a trailer as well as what the costumes look like. And it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be, but it didn't really scream out to me, hey, I've got to go see this ASAP. It looks more like a typical sci-fi summer movie rather than a comic book movie which could end up being a good thing and really my issue with this whole thing is Fantastic Four is the longest running 
Marvel comic book in the entire company's history. You have over 50 years of material to work with, and the executives and all the filmmakers say, eh, we're just going to ignore that and do what we want. So I just don't agree with that. I personally still don't think the movie is going to be that good, but we'll have to see. You know, hope, hopefully I'm wrong. I mean, in a well, I guess in a way, I kind of want the movie to fail. And I know they don't mean for it to be perceived as bad because no one goes out to make a bad movie. But in a way, I kind of want it to fail just so Marvel can get the rights back. I hope that eventually Marvel gets all the rights back to X-Men, Fantastic Four, and Spider-Man and whatever characters they don't own uh, as far as movie rights go. So those are my thoughts on that. And that's really about all I have to say for this open. So we're going to get right to our guest this week. As I mentioned at the top of the show, I will be chatting with the Unicorn Wranglers, who were my first ever guests on the show. And this is their third appearance. And uh, they've got two shows coming up. One is actually this Saturday in Pensacola, if you live in the area. It's at Sluggo's at 9 p.m. And I I won't give away exactly all the details, But it's going to be more of a spectacle than just your typical concert. So come on out. It'll be a lot of fun. Good live music, fun crowds, and all that fun stuff. So sit back, listen to this quick commercial, and we're coming back with the Unicorn Wranglers. Are you a lifelong Star Wars fan? Do you still consider the Power Rangers to be the greatest thing that happened to your childhood? Or did you just finish binging Game of Thrones and can't wait for more? If the answer is yes, then you need to check out Pensacon. Pensacon is the premier convention on the Gulf Coast. Last year, Pensacon had a great turnout, and this year will not be any different. Come out to the Pensacola Bay Center February 27th through March 1st to see such names as Nichelle Nichols from the original Star Trek, Michael Bean from Terminator, Jeremy Bullock, who played Boba Fett in the original Star Wars trilogy, and many, many more. If you want more information on guests or how to get tickets, just go to Pensacon.com. Pensacon where fans come together. Here with two very good friends of mine. Debatable. <laughs> Joined with Adam and Ian Waldron from the Unicorn Wranglers. Guys, how you doing? Doing good, doing good. How you doing, Derek? Not too bad, not too bad. Spent the last two days with you guys. It seems like we've uh, we've been inseparable this weekend. I'm not going to lie, there's been a lot of male bonding. It really has. Uh, yeah. You kind of brought the mood down a little bit this whole weekend, but you know, I'll, I'll forgive you for that. Especially earlier today, you were just... You weren't, you weren't well, I just meant by him being here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah <laughs> I'm and just, Derek I'm, had, a, I'm kidding, had a lovely weekend plan. And, and this was the guy that said it was debatable, Derek. Because <laughs> our bond is strong guy. enough, we can withstand a little little college humor. <laughs> <laughs> a, little, a little. So why, why don't you tell the listeners what we've been doing this past weekend? Because you, you guys have a, have a little show uh, on Saturday. When, when is this coming out? Uh, Thursday. Thursday? Okay. So, yeah. So we actually have got um, uh, two shows. Yeah, we we've spent the past year working on a on a brand new record called Murder Mystery Night, and uh, it dropped about a, about a month or so ago. 
Um, and so this is our first kind of uh, our first show for it, and we're just kind of making it a our release party and kind of a, a special special show with some special guests. Isn't that right, Mr. Diamond? This is true. I'm actually going to be a part of this show, and uh, I don't know if you guys know exactly what you're in for, but I think he's going to play the triangle, right? The yeah. triangle and that little pescado, the fish thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to do the cowbell, but I, I <laughs> feel like actually the focal point. And that, that, that's what kind of scares me. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. So if you guys want to see the man behind the microphone, then you guys should probably come down to Sluggo's January 31st, Saturday, January 31st at 9 p.m. Come see the come see the, the man behind the, the, the great and powerful Oz. Come see the wizard. We're going to pull that <laughs> curtain back. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what we do. It. That's what we do with yeah. Unicorn Wranglers. We're not only, you know, we play music, but we also do public service as well yeah yeah absolutely so tell me about the the process of making this record was it was it the most challenging one that you've done well ian yelled at me uh during it so that that wasn't cool i call that progress <laughs> <laughs> you know? progress yeah, i hadn't progress. seen i hadn't seen that before it was a, it was a long time i mean it took about a year and um you know, it took a lot of work and a lot of different moving parts, things we'd never done before. Um, but we're excited about it. You know, we've been rehearsing for about a month now to get ready for it. And that's something we've never really done before is really give ourselves enough time to get ready to go play. And uh, so we're, you know, we're, we also wanted to make sure, you know, we kind of got tired of just three guys up there playing. So we decided we wanted to turn it into more of a, a spectacle, if you will. And uh, so that's what you know, we enlisted your services for. And so now it's the Unicorn Wrangler murder mystery spectacle, if you will. Yeah, so. It's very, it's going to be very theatrical kind of. It's so. seizure inducing is what it's going to be. That is That's true. That's my fault. Yeah. That's what it's going to be. So we're, we're very excited. Very excited. Yeah. Yeah. So the main reason why I wanted to ask you guys to come on the show is uh, to talk some, some football. The NFL season, unfortunately, is... About to come to an end with the, the sad Super Bowl. Panda. Yeah. yeah, sad panda. My and team wasn't very good, so I'm okay with it. Oh, we'll, shut up. <laughs> we'll, we'll go ahead. I want to hear it. We'll go ahead and get this out of the way. Thoughts on Deflate Gate? I guess the Patriots just couldn't handle the pressure. <laughs> <laughs> you could say they took the air out of the situation. And I refuse. <laughs> I refuse to comment. Uh, you know the whole thing. I, you know it's a rule, and I guess you gotta you gotta play by the rules. So clearly, with what what was it, eleven out of the twelve footballs at halftime were deflated. Yeah, uh, I think that's a little bit more than climate controlled. Well, yeah, I thought what you what you said was interesting, Derek. You know, everybody's focused on Brady and whether or not he had something to do with it and it affected Brady. But nobody thought about the, or you, nobody's talking about the fact, well, how does it impact receivers, running backs, catching the ball, holding on to the ball, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And you said you, I think it was you that said that they were, you had read something on Pro Football Focus. Maybe it was Adam. Yeah, it was me. I'm trying to actually pull up the article right now. Anyway, it was saying something about the Patriots and their ridiculous streak of fumbling or lack thereof. And so I think that's what people need to look at more so than Brady, because actually Brady played better when the balls were inflated to what they needed to be. Yeah. Um, but like Adam said, it's a rule. So if you break a rule, regardless if the rule's stupid or not, 
you can't do it. And yeah, you got to abide by the rules. Yeah, they seem to. Do. It's been fantastic though. Like I've been reading the the Daily Post, like up in New York, like all the stuff they have. I think it's the Post. I can't remember. Yeah, I think it's the Post. They've got all the great like little taglines on the back and stuff. It's mm-hmm. fantastic. I thought Andrew Luck said it best when they asked him uh, how he felt after the game, and he said he felt deflated. It was <laughs> it was pretty awesome. My thing is, every time a play is completed, who gets the ball and puts it where it's supposed to be? Referee. How would they not say anything immediately? Because this happened, what, it broke two or three days after the game? Well, I think it's I think it's now my understanding from the report that came out on uh, Friday that they did they went back they threw out three balls during the game during the first half mm-hmm. they went back and then checked all twelve of them and found eleven of them were were not inflated and then they inflated them. Oh, okay. so I, I think I think they did find some tomfoolery uh, going on, but um, I just don't know if they. It, you know, I don't think it was a right away report. Yeah, that that was kind of my thing that it wasn't released, you know, immediately after the game, and why the refs didn't say anything until a couple of days later. Well, I think it points to a bigger issue, which is that the NFL has been just absolutely beat up this season. Oh like, yeah, they have screwed everything up from the very beginning. Yeah, and I think it shows that. The people, especially the media and the, the public and all that kind of stuff, they even though you're the you're on top and everybody's gonna watch it on, on Sunday and everybody's gonna watch everything every game Sunday, you know, and Mondays and Thursdays, you know, the NFL is the top sports dog in our country. It doesn't matter. It just makes you a bigger target, and you better have your ducks in a row. And I think it really does. You have to sit there and you have to wonder if Goodell really. I, I don't want to say he's in over his head because obviously he's a brilliant person. He wouldn't be in that you know spot if he wasn't, but. I mean, you have to sit there and wonder, you know, is he in over his head at this point? Because it's just been a bad year. Well, and I think, I think too, I like, you know, I'd like to sit down with someone who actually knew a lot about the league and a lot about Roger Goodell and really show me like a pros and cons of, of his yeah. job so far. Because, I mean, we all remember the referee strike or lockout. It was a lockout, not a strike. And, you know, kind of how that resulted in the fail mary moment. yeah the fail mary and all that and, and and everything so that so i but at the same time you know i know that they've done a lot of a lot of good stuff trying to prevent like you know the concussions and all that but at the same time how many pass interference flags were thrown this year yeah and holding calls well i think so. it goes back to consistency as long as you're consistent like you can be consistently bad as long as you're consistent because yeah. then at least everybody knows you know, you know what's going to be called and you know what's going to be like, you know what the punishments are going to be for, you know. I mean, like like just even like being a Broncos fan, the fact that Wes Welker was suspended for what, the first four games of the year and then they made some, they, they redid the, the CBA on whatever it was. And it was reduced. And it was reduced. And I, I mean, just weird stuff like that. I mean, yeah. You know, I mean, just, just things like that that don't really make much sense. It just It just seems like it was a bad year. Yeah. Now, you mentioned you're a Broncos fan. First thing I want to ask, mm-hmm. is Peyton coming back, From in your opinion? In in my opinion, um, I don't know. He took a beating, <laughs> and he was not very good the last six weeks. Well, I'd say eight weeks of the season. Um, 
the six final six regular season games of the two playoff or the two weeks of the playoffs, even though they didn't mm-hmm. play. Um, but um, I don't know. I think from everything I've heard coming out of Denver, he's going to come back. I think he's intrigued in playing Kubiak's offense. Um, and uh, I think, I don't know. He played so bad against his former team. I just don't see how you go out that way unless he physically, you know, and I, I've told this to both of you guys, you know, when you're 38 years old, and he never had the strongest arm in the world anyway. At 38 years old, he's got to use his legs more than anybody. And if you've got quad injuries, regardless of how severe, you've got to use your legs. And if your legs aren't under you, everything's going to suffer. So yeah. um, I think the question he has to answer is can he physically stay you know, healthy for hopefully 19, 20 games? That's, that's what you got to ask. Yeah. Now, what do you think of the the Kubiak hire? It's great. You like your fans? Oh, it's fantastic. Oh man, if I could have Gary Kubiak hair, it would happen. <laughs> like you know, like it, it it doesn't even make sense. Like it's half like porcupine. Yeah, that is true. And it's it's and it's like it, he's got like kind of like a it's, little widow's peak. You know, you want to? I think it might be a little Derek Zoolander. It is. It's very kind Derek, of yeah. Yes. Very that's, that's Derek a good Zoolander. Yeah. But uh, no, I mean, look, Blue Steel, Magnum, Ferrari, Latigra. <laughs> Yeah, I mean he he's he's the throwback to the Shanahan days. And, I mean he coached with El, or I mean he played with Elway. He was Elway's backup, and then mm-hmm. he was the offensive coordinator with Shanahan. And then you know some of the Broncos' best teams, he was the offensive coordinator. He went to Houston, and um, you know I think what's great about him is he's really good. He's shown that in Houston that he's really good about getting people around him. Good defensive coordinators like Wade Phillips or whoever else, and. So I think um, it just made sense, you know. The, you could just tell the Broncos didn't care at the last, you know, few few games. They were just everybody had checked out. Fox had checked out, and so I think it's a I think it's a good thing. Besides, you know, possibly Peyton coming back, what do what do the Broncos need to get back to the Super Bowl? They've in your opinion, got to get tougher. They are the oh my god! It's 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 painful to watch them play. They are the biggest bunch of pansies. It's it's brutal. It's brutal. It starts with the offensive line. It starts with Monte Ball. I mean, it's just. I mean, <laughs> now I've said this to you several yeah. times. You guys have got to stick with Anderson. Yeah, no, you guys I mean, have something with him. Well, and that and that's the thing. You know, when you go into the, you know, it's it's gonna be. You know, this is why it's such a weird thing. You know, they're they're they were what twelve and four, thirteen and three this year. I think they're twelve and four. You're coming off in, you know four straight AFC West championships, and then. You fire your whole coaching staff. Well, you don't fire them, but you mutually part ways. Yeah. And um, and you bring in a staff that does complete opposite of what that staff did. And so you've got to sit there and you're at a, you know you got a 38, 39 year old quarterback who runs something his way. I mean, it, it's a real weird. It's a transition year. I mean, even down to where it starts with the linemen, the Broncos are going to have to get quicker, smaller, more agile. Um, lineman to run the zone blocking scheme. CJ Anderson's going to do fantastic. Yeah. Ronnie Hillman's going to do fantastic in the zone blocking scheme. Yeah. Um, Monte will probably be hurt and not play very much in the zone blocking scheme, <laughs> but he'll have a great time with the visor and the team issued sweatshirt and pants. True. So, true. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, so Denver's just, I mean, they've got a lot of things. It's, it's got to, got to get tougher on both fronts. Adam. Yes. You're an Arizona fan. You guys had a great start to the season, and then Palmer, nine and one. Then Palmer goes down. Hey, who'd you lose to? 
Denver, but I wasn't in the country. That's why we lost. <laughs> I was uh, somewhere over the Atlantic Ocean at that yeah, point in time. Yeah, the your team was, too. <laughs> but anyway. Hey, we were right in there. Well, you got to think, we had Stanton that game. We, Logan Thomas played that game, so I want to hear it. because That was one game they were tough. They actually knocked one of your quarterbacks out. <laughs> well, so did everybody else. That's not really saying much. But Yeah, I would have liked to see that rematch with healthy Arizona Cardinals. So Palmer goes down. Stanton goes down, and you know you guys lose in the first round of the playoffs. What do what do the Cardinals need besides another good backup quarterback? Well, I think it. it I think it's going to be tough to kind of answer that question, Derek, because um, you know typically when when you sit there and, and look at and evaluate your your team needs. Uh, you kind of evaluate it on on you know most of your starters that have, have played, and uh, the truth is that we had something in the range of like twelve to nineteen starters go down, mm-hmm. you know, so at some point during the season, and uh, so I think that makes evaluation pretty tough because you know I you know one one of the things with Darnell Dockett was out for the whole year he tore his ACL. At the beginning of the year, you know, there's a big hole. We had Daryl Washington got into some legal issues again, um, and he was gone, you know, so that that hurt our linebacking core. But I think in all that adversity, what you saw was was that what Steve Kime and Bruce Arians has done has put in so much good depth into that team that no matter what we kind of came up against, we were able to band-aid it and kind of get through, even though we, we, we definitely weren't able to, you know, overcome all the injuries and, and everything that was going on. Um, we were able to band-aid it enough to, to make the playoffs, uh, to be right in there uh, with the division right up there to the end. And, um, you know, I, I, think, I think there's some of that. So with what Arizona needs, I think we'll, we'll need uh, to evaluate what we lose. Um, you know, it's no secret. This is a Bill Belichick speech right here. <laughs> He's literally said nothing of any substance. <laughs> he has literally gone they're, around. They're a circles. great. They're a great team. Uh, <laughs> we're looking forward to next week. Uh, they're a great team. We're just looking forward to next week. Tom Brady's a great quarterback. Uh, no, no. But I think I think what's what, what we're really going to look at is what we're going to lose. You know, because it's no secret we're in cap issues. You know. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, I think obviously our our holes we do need to solidify that that linebacker defensive line um, our offensive line actually actually you know that's when you think of Arizona Cardinals in the past five six years you know you always think of oh that poor offensive line but they actually did pretty good this this past year so I think uh, those are those are some of the areas that we need to look at but I think the holes will open up more as we deal with our are salary cap issues, which are real issues. How bad does the loss of Todd Bowles hurt? <sighs> more than he wants to admit. Yeah, more than I want to admit. It 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 hurts. Um, uh, you know, he really was able, to, I think, to bring the best out of our defense. And um, I don't know if you know. I hope that we get back to that that same level. Uh, but I think with how the organization has been been going with with both with both Bruce Arians and Steve Kime, I think I, I trust them. 
I mm-hmm. trust him that that we might not get back to Todd Bowles level, but um, uh, we're going to be able to fill that hole with somebody that that you know understands what our defense can do and its potential. And I mean, when it comes down to it, Todd Bowles defense we just blitzed. We yeah. blitzed and let our guys play, you know, and that and that was kind of it, you know. And I think it's going to be something that the next guy, I know that we're looking at defensive, filling our defensive coordinator spot right now. There's a lot of, um, you know, we're going to you know, hire from within. And I think, you know, I think that's actually a, a pretty good idea, uh, you know, especially grabbing someone who's been in that, in, in our defense for the past yeah. couple of years and taking that and, and putting him, you know, in that position. Question for both of you. Thanks, Bill. <laughs> what? What position do you guys want your respective teams to take in the first round of the 2015 draft? We want to evaluate all our positions. <laughs> yes. So we, want to, we had 28 starters out. <laughs> we set a new record. We want to evaluate all our people. Yeah, exactly. Including our defense Hey, it's the truth, though. It's the truth. Yeah, that is true. Well, you know what, Derek? You understand this better than most being a Steelers person. Um, you really can't answer that until free agency happens and when teams have got to get under the cap and they've got to make those decisions i know denver's got 17 free agents they got a lot of big contracts although Mm -hmm. they're not structured too horribly against the cap they're still big contracts i know arizona's got a lot of decisions are you gonna be right cromarty are you gonna make docket you know washington all those questions you know all those kind of guys you know i mean so it, to me, it's hard to sit here and see, you know, if Peyton Manning doesn't come back, it changes everything. If Peyton Manning comes back, it changes, th- I mean, it keeps things, you know. So it's hard to say right now, but I Denver's got to get meaner. Denver's defense, the last time they were actually ferocious was when Al Wilson was playing middle linebacker. And he was fantastic until he had all the, I believe it was head or shoulder, it was something like that. Knees but, and toes. Yeah. And uh, right back at you there. And so, uh, you know, so that's what Denver needs. Denver needs some guy. And I know the league's changed a lot. You know, you don't run a lot of, you know, traditional 4-3 with a middle linebacker and all that kind of stuff. But I've seen watching a lot of Cardinals games, Paris, is it Paris? Not Paris Lennon. um, Larry Foote. Larry Foote. Paris Lennon played with us. Larry Larry Foote literally was in the backfield 50% of the time making tackles behind the line of scrimmage. And I know you know that from him being a stealer. Yeah, Larry Foote's great. He's one of those guys you just kind of let go. Go right. Yeah, he's 194. He's years old. he's a great defensive leader. Yeah, and people don't really acknowledge that, but he's he's like a defensive coordinator on the field. We have a keep to leave. If that tells you anything <laughs> about a keep is fantastic about giving a 48 yard cushion and then almost getting within about a mile and a half of the receiver. It's great. It's really great. We pay him like 64 million dollars. Now, who all do you guys have that that are going to be free agents? Because I know it's a lot. But. Um, the Thomases are going to be free agents, both Demarius and Julius. I think mm-hmm. There's already a report that Julius is going to be gone, which won't break my heart really at all. Um, Demarius is the one you got to keep. Yeah. Um, Pot Roast uh, is a free agent. Um, they just locked up Chris Harris. Orlando Franklin, the guard, is a free agent. Um, I'm trying to think. Welker will be a free agent, but he'll be gone. Um, you know, there's just, just depth kind of guys, uh, both middle linebackers, Nate Irving, he's a free agent. Um, I think some of the, maybe a couple of the safeties, the backup safeties, just a lot of the depth kind of guys are, are free agents, but right. it wouldn't surprise me to have a very different team next year. If you're a Broncos person, which I'm not gonna lie. I don't think that's, that's, that's necessarily a bad thing. They're awful. I'm so angry with them. 
you know, I, I think I'm looking at, at Denver and getting a chance to watch, you know, almost all the games this year. And, you know, with Fox being gone, I think, I think that that just marks the end of the, of the air. I think you guys do need to reevaluate your team and, and really yeah. focus on building for the future, especially after, you know, Manning retires. Well, look at, look at Dallas, look at what Dallas did. I mean, Dallas kind of reinvented their self this, this, this season. They started running the football with DeMarco Murray. Controlling the clock a little bit better. I mean, their defense, if you look up and down the, the roster, is not stacked with talent. No. They built with their offensive line. They built with mm. the defensive line. They controlled both of those. And you could argue that they should have been playing in the NFC Championship game. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't think that's a bad way to go for any team. You know, Arizona's built sort of like that, you know? Um, you know, they've got solid offensive. I mean, let me put it this way. They've put enough resources in there that they should be solid on both sides, you know, yeah. except for injuries. Right. Um, you know, and I know that was an issue for Pittsburgh too. Yeah. Yeah. We, we have a chance to do the same thing. Just have a kind of like a new team next year, especially on the defensive side. Dick LeBeau's gone. Uh, Troy's probably going to be gone. Ike's probably going to be gone. You don't know about James Harrison. So, I mean, it, it could be just a – it's like a new defensive unit, really. I want to – you have Mike Tomlin, though. And that is I want to have one of those is – it, is it the Burger King Yumbo sandwiches? Yeah. I want to have a Yumbo with, with, with Mike <laughs> Tomlin. So, so Coach Tomlin, if you're listening, I'll, please um, just get a hold of Derek, and I'd be more than happy to drive to Pittsburgh and have a Yumbo with you, sir. Oh, absolutely. Well, can, can Tomlin wear his sunglasses? Oh, he has no, to. No, I would, I would wear them, too. Yeah, well, he, hopefully he okay. can bring me a pair. Yeah, it'd be unreal. We should do that. Sell Mike Tomlin aviators. Yeah, I I would have a pair. I would too easily. Pittsburgh, the Steelers are missing out big time. Yeah, yeah. That, I think that's a. We're pretty sticking big... with this whole towel thing. Come on, yeah. that was like that was like yeah. what? So like two thousand. Right. So Some, you can wave like a towel. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Get the aviators. Right. It seems like a lot more teams are going to the towel waving because that the Falcons game I went to, they were giving out free white towels for the Falcons fans, but. Have you the Falcons do everything that everybody else does. <laughs> that's that's what they are. Uh, touche. Rise up. Rise up. Right. They did have Samuel L. Jackson in a lot of their promo videos, which was pretty sweet, but but I'll digress about that. Um, they actually uh, are set to hire Dan Quinn. I don't know if you guys read about that today, but... Uh, I, heard, the, I heard the rumblings. The head of... The head of the Legion of Boom will uh, not be in Seattle next year. I'm fine with that. Good, you got to cut the head off the serpent. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, exactly, Finally. exactly. I think there's a couple other people I would really enjoy not being in Seattle next year. Yeah, and speaking as a team from a fan of a team that got destroyed by that team about a year ago in the biggest stage, it couldn't happen quick enough. And I just hope all Patriot people. I know you think it's not going to happen to you, and I'm not saying it is going to happen to you. Just don't. Don't have Keep it in the back sh- of your mind. Don't have sharp I, objects around. Unless you're using them to, look, to deflate the football. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Then, it, in that case, Brady's going to need the uh, advantage. Uggs yeah. is going to need as much help as he can get. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, before we move on to the Super Bowl, both the... Pro it, Bowl! Not the Pro Bowl. Ah. That, the, I the, did the wrong research for this, Derek. I apologize. <laughs> uh, that's no problem. That's no problem. Team Carter? <laughs> the... the the AFC and NFC championship games were last week. AFC game, you know, we talked about the deflate gate. And I think regardless if that would have happened, that 
the Patriots still would have won anyway. But I think the 38-point winning margin was a – I think it's a safe point. I think yeah. you could have given them a basketball, and they probably still would have put up 30. That probably. was a game that we just never needed to play. Yeah. Nobody needed to watch it. They should have just given the Patriots the bye. And yeah, it would have been easier for everybody. Yeah. But the NFC Championship game, we watched that at your house, Ian, and that was a little bit of a, a crazy game that we were we were not happy with the outcome with, unfortunately. So what 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 did you guys think of that game and its crazy finish? Well, I have I have a saying, Adam. Go what, ahead. What is that? No, I want. What is the saying? What about? What do you do if you're? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. If you're if you got the lead, you got to go for the jugular. On the road in an in the most historically just brutal environment to play a game. You, you can't go conservative. You just can't. At the beginning of the game, absolutely, you're trying to get points. It makes sense. But the way – the last quarter that they that they did, it was just – it was – I don't know. Green Bay played not to lose, and that's exactly what happened. You know, I – it's just – it was just – you sat there and you watched it, and, and it wasn't even, like, surprising. Like I, like, I sat there and saw, you know, what happened that last – you know, because you kept saying, year. just don't don't sleep on Seattle. No, I, I mean, it, it, it's just exactly what they do. I mean, I, the perfect example of it. And I hate giving this team any credit at all. But was, you know, I think Green Bay had like the, the 10 point lead or something like that. And you go over and they showed a sideline shot of Marshawn Lynch. And he was like, not even worried. He was like dancing to the music, eating Skittles. And it was like. You're about you're about a minute fifteen seconds from getting knocked out of the playoffs, you know. And he's just like, oh, what you know, whatever. Because they literally do not worry, you know. Yeah, they always find a way. <laughs> Apparently, they always find a way against Green Bay. Well, and you could argue that the Patriots are the same way. Yeah, yeah I mean, they're a little bit different in the way that they go about it. They're not as kind of loose and kind of goofy as Seattle is, but at the same time, they're prepared. They're ready to go. And they always make it whatever adjustment they need to, to be. And, and I think that's what makes the not to get ahead of ourselves the Super Bowl so interesting. You know, everybody knew what Denver was going to do last year. Denver yeah. was not going to change what they did. Neither was Seattle. So it was like you know two movable objects just get us hit and see what happens. With New England, you know, against Baltimore, they you know they threw it fifty one times. One of the things that, and I know that we're kind of moving towards the Super Bowl, but one of the things that I look forward to is is that. You know, how many times have we seen Brady Manning? Like 1,800 times? I would have been okay with 1,801, but that's yeah. <laughs> But we don't see New England play Seattle, or at least this new Seattle. We've seen it, they've, what, one time? They've played one time. One time, and that was like Russell Wilson's first rookie year? It was uh, in 2012, I it think. It was in so, Seattle, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. 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 And it was 24 yeah, 23 or yeah, something. It was, it was by one point. I remember Richard Sherman went and ran his mouth to Brady and it was all funny. Yeah. And then it got way out of hand. <laughs> As it usually does with Richard Sherman. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, no. So I think this is, this is actually kind of a very interesting, you know, thing because these two teams, I mean, arguably. The New England Patriots are the dynasty of the of the 2000s. I mean, they've pretty much ran the table most of the years. So you're putting up the hot new team 
against the one that's done it for a while. There's already talks of uh, Seattle being a dynasty. So it's like the old dynasty against the possible new dynasty. I, I read an article the other day that said they have about their windows about is this year and next year before all their guys are finally up for it. Look, you can't argue like as much as I cannot stand Seattle, you cannot I mean you have to just appreciate the way that they've built that team finding guys because I think you know looking at Chancellor and even Maxwell the other corner so many late round picks have been so good yeah and 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 that's how you build a dynasty that's how you build a team like yeah and and I will say this on the fact I uh, that is how you because I mean we looked at the Green Bay Packers of the year that they beat the Steelers I mean that's what they're they're built for the draft they they did their research and, and you know and it paid off I think where where the Patriots dynasty differs very much from from the 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 Seahawks will be they recorded signals before game yes sorry but the the Patriots you got to look at the division that they play in too I mean I th- I think that's we've got to really take a a long hard look at this I mean you have Buffalo you have Miami. You had a New York Jets team that was actually, you know, pretty good there for for a few years. What getting pretty deep in the playoffs? It went, I think, back to back championships. Yeah, back yeah, to back. You know, so that there was some of that. But you know, then you kind of look at what Seattle's got to face. You know, you've got the Cardinals who are starting to kind of turn it on. Um, the Forty ers who were really good, and then I don't know what happened, and I don't know what to think what about that. shameless them. plug for the NFC West. Yeah. Well, the worst division, what, three or four years ago? Yep. Uh, and then you've actually got the uh, the, the perennial uh, eight and eights that, you know, are, are, you know, one or two pieces away from actually being a really good football team. So I think, I think there's a lot more competition in there than what the Patriots had to face there for a while. But I, I don't think you can say that. I, I think you can't really – I think I don't think you can go back and forth and look at dynasty versus dynasty. I mean – Well, how many how many Super Bowls has, has New England won with Brady? Three. Three? Three, but yeah. none in the last – Like 10 it's been, years, has it? It's been a decade it? since – It's been 10 years. See, that, that to me doesn't – I mean, the fact that they're in it every year and the fact that they are deep in the playoffs. I mean, how many Super Bowls – I mean, they've been to – this is their sixth Super Bowl. Yes. They've been to countless number of AFC championships. So even regardless if what their division was, they've still got to get, to get deep in the playoffs. you still got to beat good teams. Yeah. So – No, no, and, know, and I'm I mean, just saying that. But, but, uh, but we know the first step, though, is how many – for how many straight years have they won their division? Well, yeah. But I, but I think, again, I think you look at the fact that Seattle, you know, what they're doing in this this kind of football era of defensive penalties and all the holdings and pass interferences and all that, they're winning with running the ball in defense. They're mm. doing it like they were 15 years ago, you know, and I think that's what makes them obnoxious, but, you know, kind of intimidating at the same time, or, or you can appreciate it how they're playing but i i don't know i mean i think this is the matchup if you asked if you polled people before the nfc and afc championship game this is what people want uh this is the game that skip bayless uh projected at the beginning of the year oh good for skip yeah he's like one for nine million <laughs> good. i love your tweet you did recently that skip bayless is the reason why everyone hates america it's true i've actually seen proof no i i don't dispute that <laughs> yeah. 
I do not dispute that at all. You know, I'm not going to lie. I I contributed to the the Skip Bayless train. When Tim Tebow was the Broncos quarterback, I think you I, I had will, to. I, I will admit, I was to. I was on that too. You had to. Too. It was so outlandish that Tim Tebow that year that he played for the Broncos was so far fetched, outlandish. But you had to watch it. You had to watch it. Like I remember getting up every morning and being really excited to watch some Tim Tebow stuff. Oh yeah, I, I was because just he, how he was, just, was because everyone was like, "This isn't supposed to be happening." This isn't the plan. How does he keep doing it? He's terrible. He only completes 20% of his passes. But he still wins. <laughs> and he still wins. He's still <laughs> figuring it out. Could you imagine if you had that Bronco defense? Yeah. Probably would. Maybe. <laughs> well, we still would have gotten slaughtered by New England. But at least we would have had another week to get slaughtered. You know, it would be nice. So, Super Bowl. New England Patriots, Seattle Seahawks. Who are you guys picking? Yeah, that's a tough question. I haven't even thought about it. Let's start with you, Derek. Let's flip the tables here. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to take over. It's now the Ian Waldron experience. The ratings have already increased drastically. <laughs> Everyone just threw their computer against the wall. <laughs> I apologize, Derek. He's you got a big falling in Kuala Lumpur. Yeah. This is true. Yeah, I'm very, very true. Very big. Um, no, what, what do you think? What a stupid question. Hey, let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. Okay, <laughs> hey, Super guy, Bowl 49. What do you think? Super Bowl 49, Derek. Seattle. Hold on. Dramatic effect. Seattle or New England? This is. Derek, I'm going to hop in here and just kind of <laughs> answer this question for you. We've got 28 starters <laughs> out. Uh, we're going to evaluate. We're going to evaluate. And I want to really evaluate the, uh, the Super Bowl. But go ahead, Derek. 48 starters out. We just we lost our lease. This is such a tough game to pick. I mean, it's one of those situations I can honestly see either team winning. But apparently, so does Vegas. And I hate to say this, but the last the last the last team to repeat was New England. Correct. It hasn't been done in a decade. I think we see that. Ah. I think Seattle wins. And I think they win because of Marshawn Lynch. And Marshawn Lynch will be your Super Bowl MVP. Adam, would you like to go ahead and – your rebuttal? Because I know, I know where you're going, and I'll be the swing state. I'm your Montana. I, I will sit there and say I, I just, you know, you look at an elite quarterback like, like, like the New England Patriots have. Oh. That's a team. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, I you're taking Seattle out of their place. They're not going to have the 12th man in in, in Arizona. They're, uh, I, I think New England, New England is primed to have, it, it, it's there. They, they can take it if they want it, but it's going to really be up to them to, to, to do that. Um but I will go for New England. They have to win. We've got to stop it here. Stop it now. And I just can't think of watching the Seattle Seahawks hoist the Vince Lombardi Trophy in the middle of University of Phoenix Stadium. I would probably vomit. Ian? As Adam drops the mic. Yes. Very dramatic. Why well, is the swing state? Um... Okay, like I'm, that Kevin Costner movie. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm really torn on this because 
my heart tells me something, but what I've seen in the past doesn't allow me to pick that. I mean, By the way, Ian, I don't want to cut you off, but I, we just heard back from our drummer. Oh, good. He's alive. He is alive. Good. He, but he wasn't talking to us. He was actually talking to Travis. Okay. Well, maybe, we're, maybe he's not. Well, at alive. least we know he's alive. He so is alive. Okay. Guys, Brandon right Farnick direction. is alive, and he'll be at the show Saturday night. Sluggos, 9 o'clock. Anyway, um, I, I personally, I think what makes this, this matchup so different compared to all the other games of this year, you've got to sit there and you've got to say New England can change to be whatever they need to be. They can run the football like they did last or two weeks ago, or they can throw it like they did against Baltimore. But the question is, there is can their defense shut down Marshawn Lynch? Because as we've seen, Seattle has no wide receivers. I mean, you know, they've got a couple guys, Baldwin and what is it, Curse, I think, and they got a couple tight ends, Wilson and... But it, when it comes down to it, it's Russell Wilson, Marshawn Lynch running that read option and then throwing off the read option. If Brady, uh, not Brady, but if Browner and Revis can shut those guys down and, and then Chung with the linebackers and Wilfrick, if he can eat up that middle and slow it down, I don't know if Seattle's going to have enough offense because you know Brady and them are going to score some points. They're going to score more points because they're they're more balanced than what the Broncos were last year. You know, they're they're more they're a better team in terms of balance, they can run the football like they did last week. I think deep down neutral site, I think the Patriots are going to win. I really do. I think they, I think having the weapons that Brady has Edelman, Amendola, Blunt, you know, all those Gronk, yeah, Gronkowski. I almost said the other one, but that wouldn't <laughs> be true. And, uh, you know, I mean, let's be honest, but again, you know, Chancellor on Gronkowski. I mean, we saw... That's the matchup I'm excited to see. Who came out? It was... I saw it, what, about a week ago. Was it Earl Thomas, someone that came out and said that Gronkowski no, was overrated? It was, it was that Lane guy who just runs his mouth. He's like a oh, special yeah. team's like oh, okay. third-string safety, and he like came out and runs. I'm his sitting mouth. there. I'm like, dude, yeah. I, I know you're typically playing on Sundays, but do you not watch the uh, yeah. Terminator known as Rob Gronkowski, yeah. who's come back in time to... Uh, you know, score touchdowns. Well, and, and you got to remember too, Seattle's beat up. You know, Earl Thomas had the separated shoulder. He Sherman's allows hurt. them so much freedom. You know, he allows them so much freedom. And then Sherman's, he's beat up. You know? Hey, did you say someone was injured? 28, 28 injured starters in. <laughs> nice, nice. I don't know. I think New England wins. I think it comes down to a, a close, close game. But um, I, I, you would not find me shocked if Seattle pulls it off. Yeah. All right, well, let it be known in the record books. We have two for New England, one for Seattle, so. I just, it would be so sad to I, watch that. You especially, I can understand, because if they hoist that trophy in your team stadium, that that would just be bad. If that happens, I'll be sitting there right next to you to console you. Thank you. Unless Thank he vomits, you. then we'll probably be back a couple feet. Well, I'll have a, I'll have a bucket there for us, so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I you know this was a rough year for me because it was so Super Bowl or bust. Mm-hmm. And you've we, kind of been on that train now. Yeah, and I just I did not enjoy this year. But with Kubiak coming back in and all the uncertainty, like I'm ready. Like all of a sudden, if we go ten and six next year, I'll be pretty pumped about that. So especially if we got you know Osweiler leading the charge. If we go like four and twelve, I'll be really pumped about that. So um, <laughs> you know, so I'm kind of excited for it to come to a close and. You know, hopefully it'll yeah. be a good game. I'm I'm curious to see what happens with us next year. I mean, seeing, you know, Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell take it to another level, and you know, Ben coming back. I th- I think the offense is gonna be solid, but 
my question is, you know, can the defense shut down teams? Because there were so many situations where the offense had to put up, you know, 28 to 30 points a game at least to be able to win. I, you know what, I'm looking at, at the, the Seattle Seahawks. We played them twice this year. Uh, the biggest thing, and, and you kind of saw it there at the end of the Green Bay game, you have got to stop Russell Wilson from running. You've got to make him what? <laughs> Go ahead. Have we moved on? No, no. Keep, no, it's keep okay. Going. Keep going. We were doing going. a State of the Union, but. We'll oh, sorry. We'll go sorry. back. No, I know. We'll I know. Back. I was just sitting there thinking about it. Russell Wilson running the ball. I mean, that's that's where you got to stop. You can post him up in there and make him throw the ball. I mean, what, he had four interceptions the other day against mm-hmm. Green Bay. Yeah, but I think that was that outlier that every quarterback yeah. has. Mm-hmm. You know, but but you saw the there, he weeks. didn't run the ball at all for the first three quarters. In the fourth quarter, then he started picking up the 10, 15, 20 yards on the ground that – well then, then toast you. Yep. Uh, Cardinal State of the Union. You know we're just really looking for next year. You know we're looking towards our next uh, opponent. Um, <laughs> getting some guys healthy. Getting some guys healthy. Uh, you know really. Carson uh, Palmer's uh, a great quarterback. Carson Palmer's a great quarterback. Uh, which I will say this: the strangest thing is I we didn't see Carson after Carson Palmer got hurt. I forgot he was even on the team. I think that was by choice. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I think the biggest thing, biggest question for the Arizona Cardinals is, will Larry Fitzgerald don the red, white, and black this year, or for 2015? Yeah, that that is the biggest question. When you got a big one with Palomalu. Yeah. The I, two guys that were on the cover of Madden, what, 10? 2010? Yeah, yep. I, I don't think he's going to be back. Yeah. Well, it's like me. I mean, my big guy's a keep to leave. Like, is he going to be back? In which I say, God, I hope not. Like, <laughs> like uh, if there's a petition, if there's any Bronco fans out there that have a petition to get rid of Tlaib, um, I'd be more than happy to. I, I feel bad for Tlaib because I like Tlaib, but what he did. But and I don't blame Tlaib. I blame Jack Del Rio. Who, yeah. By the way, well, I don't know. It was, well, he's Oakland's problem now, right? So. Like, let's think about this. Think about Oakland for a minute. It was the only like, Jack Del Rio got zero. <laughs> head coaching offers, zero, zero interviews. USC didn't even want him. Okay. The Broncos didn't want him to be even on the staff anymore. So what does Oakland do? No, they look at all those red flags and think, yes, <laughs> yes, we can. And so they hired him, which is just phenomenal. Just win, baby. Man, I'll tell you what, it's great knowing that you're going to keep winning the division, even if you only go out there with 10 players. Like, you can still beat Oakland. <laughs> All right, so in closing, do you guys want to plug your upcoming shows again, your your social media, your website? God, we've been doing this so long. I we need to change it up some. We need like a we need a new Twitter handler. Handler? Hand, handle? Is handle. It a handle? I think it's a handle. I don't, I don't well, um yes, I'll I'll go ahead and do it. Um you know, make sure you follow us on uh Twitter, Twitter. we're uh <laughs> Juicy J. <laughs> Uh, it's you, as hot as an oven. <laughs> oven. Because <laughs> uh, I want some loving. <laughs> uh, it's you uh, Wranglers. Wranglers. At you Wranglers. It's capital W and or capital U and a capital W. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, make sure you go like us on Facebook. We're Woo! on Facebook. <laughs> 
And um, you can get all of our information on uh, Reverb Nation and our website. Uh, and uh, really, we got a we got a show coming up uh, at Sluggos January thirty first, nine p.m. It's a free it's a free spectacle. Free spectacle yep. with your very own the Derek host. Diamond. We love them, Derek Diamond uh, on the narration. And then uh, for those of you that are listening from a little bit farther away, uh, we're in the Glendale. Yeah, (laughs) we're uh, we're we're going to be playing uh, the American Legion post 13, uh, February 6th, the day um, it's a Friday, it's Friday at uh, 8 p.m. And it's going to kind of be kind of the same. It's in Tallahassee. Same idea. Yeah, in Tallahassee, Florida. So. Uh, that's going to be that's going to be the homecoming and uh, what we're going to be doing. And if you hear that catchy song at the beginning and end of uh, this podcast. That's uh, that's, uh, that's off, you guys. Yeah, it's off the new record. We'll that's Twin be, Peaks. We'll actually be playing it remixed. There's yeah. a little insider information. Yep. I don't know if it counts as a remix if I don't think anybody's heard it, but. I don't think so. You want to? I should hop on here and check out the record sales. Yeah. After after we <laughs> get maybe done we could with go, this, maybe we could go get dinner. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, Yumbo's for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, Derek. Thank you once again to the Unicorn Wranglers for taking the time to come on the show. It's always fun to talk with those guys about their music. And talking about sports was fun as well. That was a nice welcome change for this show. And don't forget, you can check out all of our shows on iTunes as well as nerdcavenetwork.com. You have the Nerd Cave podcast on Tuesday, Fist of Monkey on Wednesday, the Derek Diamond Experience on Thursday, and this Friday is the return of Time for Comics, so be sure to subscribe and download to that and all the other shows too. And please leave a review on iTunes because that helps us move up in the rankings and get potential sponsor deals and also gives the show more exposure, so... That's really the best way that we can get more listeners is just to spread the word. So on behalf of myself, as well as my co-host on the Nerd Cave and all the hosts on the Nerd Cave Network, we thank you for your continued support. But that's all I've got, so enjoy the rest of your week. Have a safe and fun weekend. Hopefully you come out to Sluggos on Saturday, and we will see you guys next week. Listening to a Nerd Cave Network production.